Happy Friday out there. Yes, this is The Wrap with Maz and Friends, but obviously this isn't Maz. Tom Mazaway has been taken away for civil duty. Um, jury he duty. is jury dutying it. So on this Friday, yes, I am Darren McCarty, uh, host of Grind Time with Darren McCarty, coming here to NRM Streamcast. Excited about in January, but uh, until then, I get my sports fixed by coming on Fridays. And today, it's a Grind Time takeover. So I wanted to introduce the people, not only in the building, not only in the family, but uh, to the audience, to the co-host of Grind Time with Darren McCarty, Mr. Perry Vellucci. Perry, how are you, bud? Doing really good, Mac. Thanks for having me. Yeah, exactly. Perry drives limousines for Rockstar's Limousines. Uh, you been busy? Very busy. That's yeah. good. Good to see you. Also joined by Nick David. Nick, how are you, sir? Doing well, my man. Always, Honored to be here. Hey, always great to talk. And, and last but certainly not least, the man with the plan, the greatest stat sheets in the world, Mr. Ethan Perlman. Fearless producer. The fearless, fearless one. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. You know, it's it's good to be a Friday. It is. It's good. And, and you know, that's okay. You know, it's it's all right. Some some weeks are uh, better than others. I that's just got right. back from uh, Israel, as we were talking mm-hmm. about. And uh, for anybody, um, you know, out there, no matter if religious, spiritual, whatever, it definitely... Um, is a life-changing experience uh, for me, spirituality-wise. But in the sports context, I figured out where um, where my hockey love will go to, and uh, it, it is uh, I'm going to promote hockey in Israel because That's they they built a new one hockey uh, facility um, in the center of the of the country. So now for the kids of all denominations to be able to, to be able to enjoy the game and being over there with Slava Tisov for the Russian five and being able to um, play and skate with some of the older the Russians and, and the, the the Jewish people that were there that were big fans, but see the love of the game and and it's all about the people and uh, I can't uh, Thank them enough for the trip. I can't thank uh, That's everybody who was there for the experience, and I look forward to uh, being involved uh, in promoting hockey over there. So that that was fun. So that's uh, that's a little uh, Jewish hockey in Israel. Uh, D Maco will put his stamp in on that one. So that's great. Perfect. Now moving forward, boys. Did anybody uh, you catch that NFL game last night? We got to start there. Yes. Yes. Yeah, saw saw a good amount of it. Um, uh, like Perry had said before the game started, when you play the Lions the previous week, you just feel really, really good. And so Mitch Trubisky came out last night, uh, three touchdowns. He looked really good. Well, I watched a lot of that that game early, especially, and uh, you know he threw a pick early uh, mm-hmm. down down the end zone. But he just got into a rhythm, and it yep. seemed that. Uh, but it seemed like not only did he get in the rhythm, he threw some passes into some very, very tight spots, like Favre-esque between two guys. But, guys, is it me or not? But that was the worst tackling I've ever seen by a defensive team, meaning the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys yeah. You know, like, they just look in disarray. And and with everything going on as far as Jerry Jones, the owner, and, and Jason Garrett, um, everybody's favorite ginger, other than Chris Draper and Newman, I guess. Um, uh, the, I mean, there's got to be change because there, there's dysfunction. It looks dysfunctional. Like Dak mm-hmm. Prescott is Jekyll and Hyde this year. Yeah, you know, like, definitely. Like, have you... Do you remember a guy that you'd be like, oh, he's not the guy. Oh, no, here's the guy. You know, like... Hey, Thirty million? No, he's worth forty. No, he's worth twenty. No, he's worth. 30. But he goes on these stints, and it's not a good game, bad game. It's a stretch of games to believe, mm-hmm. and then when it comes down to it, 
They, uh, they, uh, it, there, it's almost, they just look there's dis- something really disarray. wrong. There is. Yeah, speaking to just the coaching, uh, Dak, well, first of all, when you as a head coach and as players, if your head coach was being talked about getting fired for five straight years, wouldn't that be taxing? Well, I think right? that emotionally th- for the team. I mean, he's uh, the clapper. We call him the clapper. Jason Garrett has got to feel like he's on the hot seat forever. Here's the you thing. Know? Well, here here's the thing. I think we're going to get into a little later when uh, we're going to be joined by uh, former Detroit Red Wing uh, Wayne Gretzky's best man uh, Eddie Mio. Heck yeah. Um, he's going to join us. We're gonna, we're going to delve into culture in hockey. But the one thing that I, that I've always found in, in trying to think back about the coaches and how I'm going to address the Babcock and all mm-hmm. the stuff going on in the NHL. It's respect. Yeah. You know, the bottom line is Scotty Bowman, he hated the man for the decisions he made, but you respected the fact that you were going somewhere, you know, that you were going to play for a championship. And he had that ability, and it wasn't because he was liked or not. When, Like like you're saying, is that you got a guy that, that he's in or out, is he really, the team looks at him like a Pawn. Like a pawn, he's just mm-hmm. a puppet with Jerry. Up right, there it's almost like Jerry's the head coach, him dance. and yeah. and yeah. and that's you know a lot of times, and I think that's the problem. It, you know, yeah, you look at be. look in other sports, right? Mark Cuban used to be the mm-hmm. the in mm-hmm. basketball Dallas. Yeah. for the Dallas Mavericks. When he started backing off, they ended up winning a championship, mm-hmm. and yep. you don't really hear him as much these days no. in the media and stuff like that where when your owner is well they brought in Rick Carlisle who's an actual head coach right you know he didn't need to be there anymore right no no mm-hmm. they, but that's a smart thing right. coming from the ownership right yeah, exactly. so so in Dallas they have an overbearing owner right yes, they do. and in Detroit what is our owner She's eighty nine years old. <laughs> no, I understand. No, no, no. That's it. She's no, rich. How would you solve that? She's up. rich. Um, yeah. She's yeah. rich. But how would you like? It's the culture of not. Like, would you rather? I think we'd rather have a change. So, if you're going to ask me, would you rather be have the Dallas owner or the Detroit owner? Well, the Detroit owner thing doesn't work here. No, no. Right? It so, doesn't. I would rather no. have yeah. somebody who's too much involved, and you can say, "Hey, quit meddling," because they have. The ability, as a Mark Cuban did, to put a Rick Carlisle mm. great coach in place. They have, talk, they have their yeah. fingerprint on the team. Well, which well, you, you, had, you had probably one of the best owners ever to oh, play for, uh, right? Absolutely. I mean, Mr. Illich, who didn't he have a combination of both? He had his, his uh, the pulse of the team, but I mean, the, the hand on it, but he also was back away enough. Well, I think if, you know, the one thing, too, is that the, it's documented, obviously, in the Russian Five documentary, but if you go back and you start with Jimmy D when Mr. and Mrs. Illich bought the team, they put the trust... You know, in the in the man, and there's a quote in there that says, uh, you know, does Mr. Let's, I'm going I'm to paraphrase it, does he have the patience? And Jimmy D says, well, I got to believe the man had his word that he does. And, right. and he sort of did. But there's a, that communication and that respect and that direction. And the one thing about mm-hmm. Mr. Illich is that whatever needed to be done to win. And But it was always... People were always taken into account too, right? There's a, we have a at a, here at NRM Streamcast. Uh, there's a saying that uh, that people lead and money follows. That's right? right, and that's I believe that that's what made Mr. Illich such great owners. Is he cared, and yeah. to this day, is that why I still feel like always part of the family? You know, it's good to be the stepchild. Absolutely. Well, you, you, I have to believe Jerry Jones cares too, but it's just the way that it, it comes. That well, he Jerry, shows well, he, he cares, but it's thing. that's right. He's the GM as well. 
right? right. He has to have all of the control. Right. It, it, and that's I tough. Think that's where it is, the ego yeah. thing, where you can't drop your ego. And, no. and, and that's into the conversation of who the person is or the power of, of the control. Right. And, but the difference between him and uh, Mrs. Ford is Jerry lives and breathes the Dallas Cowboys. Loves the city. Yeah, no, like Illich, right. like Illich, he's super invested into the city of right. Dallas. Mrs. Ford, who is she? You right. know what I mean? Like, right, right. They have you don't no presence have... in the city. Just because there's Ford Field, his name there, that they have no presence. It's almost really, like, like a silent owner. Almost yeah. basically it is. Yeah. They just love owning a team. They love being owners of things, I'm sure. Well, yeah. But, but well, here's the whole thing, too, is that the difference, and, and we're talking about, you know, if you want to talk to Lions, they're playing in Minnesota, if anybody was wondering, because I had to look it up today. <laughs> no, you know, no. uh, who will be this, watching? This weekend yeah. at, one, at one o'clock. But you look at the culture, the difference is, is in the Red Wings is the transparency, right? As far as, Scotty Bowen would never tell you what he was thinking. We never knew what he was thinking, but we'd always tell you what we were thinking. Steve Eisman, if you listen, will tell you exactly it's going to be a process and it's going to be time. And me, as the fan, didn't think it would go like this, but understands watching the Red Wings these days, you know, you're looking for different things and it's not wins and losses this year, right? So there's a transparency of acceptance. We don't know what's going on across the street. You know, I think the only thing that maybe 99% because I can't say 100% that if the Lions lose out, you would absolutely think that there'd have to be a wholesale change. But the way that they're proceeding, the Lions are, right? We're going to say they're going to win a game or win two games just because and the, here's my point. Nothing's going to change because do you know what the Lions, anybody just did with the season ticket holders? <laughs> right? And Mr. Perlman, no, you can, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Ethan Perlman can, season ticket can address this because of yeah. season ticket holders. Exactly. But I heard a rumor, and it's not a rumor, it's been confirmed, and you can confirm it for me also, um, that they sent out a survey yes. to all the seasons. Can, can you enlighten me on this? So I, I only saw that there was a survey sent out. I, I haven't looked at it, so I'm not sure what exactly is even addressed in the survey, but the, the, the fact that you're sending out a survey to your season ticket holders, A, is either showing you're wanting the feedback and you're wanting to know what what they need to do, or it's just their way of kind of saving face. You're appeasing. Yeah. I think you're appeasing. No, no. Now, now the questions that that I've understand are on there is uh, your, you know, your satisfaction with the season or you know the football. But then they want to ask you about your experience, you know, in the in the building and Ford right, Field. Like, and it's questions like, how satisfied are you with the direction the team is heading? Negative. Uh, one, not at all. <laughs> Uh, ten is extremely satisfied. Um, so that'd be one. How about a, how about let's, a mi- let's do. Can we do a minus ten? Yes. Oh. There's. Uh, so direction the team is heading. Sense that you are valued by the organization. Zero. Communication from the team. Customer Zero. service. See, that's, <laughs> so it's basically an overall one through ten. Right. About and, all and, over them. Please. And so oh. here's the one thing that that you look that I look at that ways is that they're like, well, we take care of our fans and the fans say that they like Ford Field and stuff so that nothing's going to change. But that, to me, that just mm-hmm. says appeasement. That just says that's what you do when you want to stretch out a relationship. Yeah. right? That's just right, sort of right. like this yeah. this relationship <laughs> that you know's over, but you know, we're going to throw this little wild card. Because, well, yeah. because it's 
for whatever easier than than facing the issue at hand. Exactly. Yeah, we're not breaking up just yet. No, they. Uh, you know, Bob Quinn basically hired his friend in in Patricia. You know, that was his New England boy. There, Patricia's getting another year. He's not going to go anywhere. Oh, absolutely. So we're we're stuck with this for for a while. And what's going to happen is, and I'm going to call right now. We're going to win two of the next four. And we're going to pick 12th. <laughs> and the same S is going to continue, like you just said. Same SOL, same old Lions. Yeah, exactly. can, can, I, can I interject here? Because, sure. I mean, I see the Lions winning possibly one game. And right now, with other teams that have been that sucked at the beginning of the year, starting to pick up wins and having easier schedules than what the Lions have. Yeah. So you're saying there's, there's a, a chance. chance. Saying there's I'm a chance. saying there's, so a, where do you stand? there's a chance to get the second pick. <laughs> Perry, where are I would, and, and, I would love Perry. Let me ask you all this because yeah. we're all and and here's the one thing which which is the sick love of the whole this that we're talking about whether we're in this room whether you're listening whether whether you're watching either are we're all the same boat as Lions fans just yep. at different ages. So Perry, what would your as as your Lions fandom sitting here right now? What would the perfect scenario for you be? Do they lose all the games and and get no, the I want, high draft I, want, I want them to, 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 to build for next year. So you're you're saying stick with it? Yeah, because I, I saw things early in the year that I haven't seen in teams in the past. And, okay, and like Nick said, uh, Patricia's not going anywhere. And to me, let's yeah, let's win if we can. You're, you got your third string, fourth string quarterback. So. Uh, to me, play 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 your best and see where well, see, see where we go. And guys are playing for you know one and you of the things, remember. playing for jobs too. And, Example, and I, yeah. I'm numb as a Lions fan. I'm numb. I I don't feel anything anymore. Whether they win or lose, I watch the game, see how they're going to lose. I don't feel anything. I'm at that generation. Nick was saying we got mm-hmm. den- different generations here, so that's where I'm coming from. As a, I'm going to allow myself. Right, I allow myself to get mad once, and then I change it. Like when they do something stupid. Like here's the one thing, and I mentioned it last week. I was real excited. Then I said to TJ because they didn't have any penalties in the first half of the one game, and I was like, "Oh, there's a progress," you know, because I hate dumb penalties, pre-snap penalties, or like neutral zone penalties and stuff like that. That that sucks. What about you? Where are you at, Nick? Um, I need. Uh, listen, please, look at me. <laughs> Lose out. Chase Daniels can change everything for us. Chase we just Young, need you mean? Chase Young, excuse me, not Chase Daniels. Oh, my God. I can't believe I just said that. Oh my Chase God. Young, Ohio State Buckeye. Chase Daniels, oh no. My God. No, but we, we desperately Nick, need Nick to change. Nick wants another quarterback. No. Listen, I do want another quarterback. That's not this year, though. That's no. coming down the road. Right. But, no, we, we really do need to uh, lose out and, and pick as high as we possibly can, mm-hmm. whoever it is, best next player. We just need a generational player. We I'm really sorry. Do. I, just, I just don't trust the Lions in picking. I know. I don't and, care. And we you have all the right to feel that way, Barry. You have all the right to feel that way, but <laughs> we we just need a change in culture, and that's I, not going to come without change from the top. But listen, I like Bob Quinn. Do, have you ever remembered an off season like we had? You know, bringing Danny Amendola in, bringing Trey Flowers in, yeah, like we, Daniels. like exactly, like mm-hmm. our whole secondary was like related at one point. You know, he's trying to build something new. Yeah, it's it's one of these things. But he's got to get rid of plan, Patricia. But here's the thing: it's one of the things that. The game plan made sense on paper, but the execution to how it Mm -hmm. came together, the pieces weren't in place. What about you, Ethan? Totally. I'm all for the Lions losing out because I want Chase Young. Yeah. Um, And that's pretty much because he's the best defensive prospect in the last 10 years, at least. I think he's better than Jadavion Clowney. He's a guy who can change that defensive line, add some athleticism. 
I mean, I'm all for the. Tra- I was all for the Trey Flowers signing, but he has not shown his athletic ability. And he's, in our division, you need to be able to sack right. a quarterback, and we can't do it. Right, right, right. So uh, you know, and and you look at the different. Uh, dynamics of the age group. We got we got Papa over here. He's not. <laughs> I, 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 you know, Big Brother's got one angry thing left. Middle Brother, he's uh, he's just like you know, he's you two young guys. The, the two youngest ones are like, yeah, let's move it, it, it on. It hurts to say. It hurts. My grandfather but, was a lion. I, you know, I'm a diehard. But I like what you said though, because you don't. You're not, in your opinion, not putting the Quinn and Patricia in the same category. You don't like the job Patricia's done, but you see the vision Quinn has. I do. So and, the, the, I do. You know, and that's that's another perspective of that. So um, that's a little bit of Lions talk right now. So um, you, go, you know, guys, here at uh, Maz and Friends, even though I'm not Maz, but I know him, it's very important that how you get to work. And you know what? Jim Real might have something to say about that. That's what right. do you say, Jim? Check out the newest member of Jim Reels' family of dealerships, the all-new Jim Reels friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. During the Black Friday sales event, lease the 2020 Jeep Compass Limited 4x4, now just $199 a month with zero down. Or lease the 2019 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Bighorn 4x4, now just $199 a month with zero down. For your best deal, it's the all-new Jim Reels friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. And there's nothing more friendly than a great deal from Jim. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Maz and Friends on this uh, December the 6th, uh, Friday. But it's a grind time takeover because Maz, if you didn't know, is doing a civil duty. He's actually doing a criminal court case. It's going to be interesting when he comes back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not going to go into the story, <laughs> no. but it's really funny. Oh, uh, I mean, it's yeah. terrible. No. There's nothing. That's terrible. I, was I take that say. back. I take that back. When he told me the story originally, I laughed just because it was Maz telling the story. Well, but Ma- it's actually pretty <laughs> awful, the actual story itself. Well, that's all right. Um, right now, we're going to be joined, uh, I believe, by uh, one of the best human beings that I know. Um, and you know what? So he's probably about the third best goalie I know. Um, but you know what? He hangs in high places, and he's got good friends. Uh, everybody on Maz and Friends, say hello to Mr. Eddie Mio. Eddie, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good, Max. What's going on with you? Are you you playing tonight in the alumni game in Dearborn? Uh, absolutely, looking forward to it. Looking. You know, and, uh, I'm already stretching right now because it takes me a long time. You know that. Well, you know what? That's because you've been around uh, the, around the NHL <laughs> a while. You've been around the league a while. That's not calling you old. That's calling you experience, sir. And in your experience, <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of times when we sit around and uh, we'll be at the, you know. Playing Carhartt tonight. Anybody wants to come to the alumni game? It's uh, at the uh, Dearborn Skating Club, seven o'clock. Uh, seven thirty. Puck, puck trap. Oh, is it? Are you yep. sure? Yep. Uh, you're not reffing. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a guy. Eddie, what time? Eddie, what time are you going to be ready? Uh, I usually get there an hour before, and I have my medicine. Yeah, you have to work. And I uh, just from the take inside. the time. And uh, when Matt comes in, that's when the party starts I like because. That. Uh, He's got good stories, and uh, then the rest of the guys will filter in. I love and I'll it. be ready to go five minutes after the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's, your, that's why you're the veteran. Anyways, so, Eddie, I want to talk because, you know, the, the, we played in different generations, but we grew up, you know, 
a lot of the same sort of coaching with everything that's going on in the NHL right now. Obviously, the stuff coming out uh, with Mike Babcock with uh, the abu- the abuse of uh, Johan Franz and um, you know reading an article and we all know the mule that you know Swedes they have nothing bad to say about anybody, but. Um, the fact that that stuff comes about him, Bill Peters in Calgary with Kakeem Alou with some racial comments now, you know, Mark Crawford, you know, what 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 is your take on the state of the of the game when we're talking about hockey, about things that are usually not talked about because of the way that we were taught growing up by coaches that we were coached by. I just can you give the listeners a little backstory about about what it was like, you know, playing in the seventies and the, the coaching growing up was was it different then or what like what how do we get to this point in the NHL or in hockey in general? You know, I, I, I... Back when I was playing, you know, there was the era in, in junior hockey, and I'm sure you've heard about before you went, where there was a lot of yellers. There's uh, uh, people thought that, uh, you know, that making you tough as a kid is where you got to learn to play the game. So there was a lot of yelling, uh, whether it was a midgets all the way up to the pros. I was fortunate enough to, to play for some good coaches that were not like that. But I knew of guys that, but it was kind of accepted, Mac. You know, that we all thought, hey, if we wanted to get to where we wanted to go, which is obviously the NHL, we had to grin and bear it, you know. So, and we always thought the coach was doing something uh, for us. I know I played for a, a Brazilian priest in Assumption High School, and he was the one, he was very tough. And he was a, he was a priest, and he was nice, but he was tough. But he, he, he toughened me up. The situation that's happening now, I think, is just all that climate that's going on, whether it's uh, the Me Too movement and all that. And all of a sudden, we're getting, we're getting uh, people from 10 years ago coming out and saying things. And I don't know. It's just a completely different era. We accepted it back then because we thought that was the way that was a coach. But, again, as I say in my... My experience with my coaches were always pretty good. I never, we never had yellers. Uh, I played for Herb Brooks, Glenn Sather, uh, obviously Nick Pilano in Detroit. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's just we accepted that. I had good coaching, so I never experienced what's coming out in the papers or, or uh, you know, with Peters going on. Uh, so it, it's just a different era. I guess maybe we accepted it more back then, Mac. No, I think I think that's exactly the way it was. It's almost too. I relate it to when I growing up, and somebody says, "Well, where did you hear that?" And I said, "Well, Mrs. Smith uh, on the corner told me," and so that it was accepted. Well, it must be right. You know, now you got to fact check everything. But you know, it, it goes to this to me. You look at the state of the game, you know, the, the, the change in the game, you know, the, the physicality, I guess, the skill going up where it's, you know, more sensitive. And I, and I guess because, you know, the, the big thing is because, I guess, mental health is such a real issue in pro sports, especially in the contact sports. And the more that it comes out now, like guys with concussions now, you look and watching a football game or, or a hockey game, they're taken out, they're evaluated right away. Back in the day, Eddie, you're a goalie. You, you got how many concussions did you take and you still played? <laughs> right? I mean, we it didn't. just. 
And we now, didn't know they were concussions back then. But that's what I'm saying. So, so I guess the, the sensitivity. So, another question is: Is this something in today's society that a guy like Mike Babcock can recover from, and will we see him coach again? You know, that's a great question. First of all, I always look at why would I want to coach? I've got three and a half years at six point five million coming my way. With, which they have to pay uh, unless he gets a coaching job. But knowing Mike, and again, hes uh, I can call him a friend, but I didn't know him that well as well as you did. Uh, I just knew him from the old Spokane days when I was uh, uh, an agent back then in the 90s. And, yeah, you always thought there was something, but I didn't know him that well. But the fact is, with his ego, he might want to coach and come back strong. The question is, with the sensitivity that you talked about, is anybody going to offer him a job? Right. Well, and I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Right. I don't and, think it's going to happen. And and here's where I stand, right? Because I talk about and I and here's the one thing is that I can will take to my grave if I put my name on it and I say it right, and you see me say it that I have. My experience with Mike, Mike Babcock is I agree, I agree 100% with you on Franz and he's the best X's and O's preparation uh, practice coach there is. But also too, like you said, he's the most egotistical person I've mm-hmm. ever met in my freaking life. And that one of the yep. things that when I was there for, for 08 and parts of 09 when we won the cup, there was a respect of between us that you know, you needed me in the room or whatever else we were pulling in the same cord now I saw it then because I saw the way he treated the star guys when we grew up Eddie the the, the coaches when they were going to send a message was usually through a guy like myself that you know that either the tough guy or or we one of the grinder guys because you couldn't if we're going to talk to the the goal scorer or whatever they had to do it in a different way right so so nowadays Absolutely. that that changes and and it's the disrespect i always go back to to respect it's a, it's always treat people kind and don't be a dick right mm-hmm. i mean it's the same right. rules that we live by here and I think you've made a great point, you, you, and and I will see it. Is his ego will not allow, allow him to take the twenty million and walk away? I think that right. that that it's because his ego of of his way or whatever else. But again, we tell everybody else you're responsible for your actions and karma's a bitch, and and if that's the way that that it filters out that it'll come back and get you now um we're in a different age yeah. hey eddie did you, ever... you know what else mac what's you, that you, what's that no go ahead perry was just going to ask you a question but you can uh yeah what were you going to say i was going to say another difference back when i played was you know the coaches had all the say because we were just glad to be there and we weren't making the cash that the players are making now. And now the coaches aren't, aren't the number one guy. Like you get your, a guy like Matthews or you get when Stevie was playing, these guys had a lot more to say than when we are captains back in the seventies and eighties. Well, you played, and with, I think that 
you played with the greatest player of all time and actually stood up in his wedding there next to him, uh, Wayne Gretzky. So ding, ding, ding. ding, ding. ding. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what was so talk back to the you know the oil days because you know there, there's a certain way that. The dressing room, you know, works where it's a us against them, or um, that's what yeah. our our dressing room with Scotty was an us against them. That's the way he wanted it, but there was respect yeah. there, and and he exactly. yelled and screamed at certain guys. Barry Smith should have the biggest case against Scotty Bowman, the assistant coach, because he got abused like crazy. But was it like yeah. that in like in Edmonton? Because I can't see. So you, you know what? Remember, Mac, that. That like when Glenn Sather was there, Glenn Glenn was more of a psychologist. He he knew how to handle the different. Uh, we had a lot of young guys. We had the older guys, and and he was really good at that. But the guy that really would be the, uh, the guy that filtered in, and it's like a Barry Smith would be Ted Green okay. or Bugsy Watson at the time when I played Brian Watson. So if Glenn was manager, he always had that assistant coach come behind and say, "This is what he really wants." This is what he's talking about. So we had that era, and I think uh, Glenn was pretty good with, uh, with with the assistant coaches. Obviously, here when I played here in Detroit, they had Nick. I uh, well, we variety of different coaches because we weren't doing that well. But you also had uh, a, a good relationship with, with the, the coach. I remember when guys used to tell me there was a lot of guys in Montreal when uh, when Scotty was coaching them that did not like them, but they respect just like you said. Well, that's a thing. There was always those assistant coaches that would come behind you and say, this is what our coach really is saying. You know, so you kind of, it was us against them, but you also had always one guy as an assistant coach that would kind of be a lot on our side. Hey, Eddie, you, you know, you, you hear about uh, the coaches going after players or coming down hard on players. How often do you, was it prevalent with goalies? I mean, did you have any coaches that came down harder on you than than players or other goalies? Did you heard of have, had that? Uh, we, back in our era, we didn't have goalie coaches, so it was up to the head coach. I know that I had a couple battles with uh, with Glenn Sather, and it was usually took place in the papers. But it was just things that uh, were trying more to motivate you, you know, and not it wasn't wasn't to be hurtful or anything like that. Hey, if you sucked, you sucked, you know. Uh, you let in four bad goals, cost us the game. So we had that, but it wasn't very abusive. It was just you better get ready for the next game. If that happens, then the threat of going to the minors was big, big prevalent uh, in my era. So that's what scared us more than the head coach was putting us on waivers and clearing and going down to the minors. But it's it's more the accountability, right? You got accountability yourself, self-awareness. Well, let's let's shift gears here and uh, you go to as many, you're probably at more the most swings games out of of any of the alumni guys and see it. Um, We're on a 10 game winning streak. Or tanker, I wish. Oh, I wish. <laughs> oh my God! See, I put it out in the universe. I was just in Israel. Right. I put it out in the universe for a ten-game winning streak. Oh. Um, we're on a ten-game losing streak, Eddie. Um, from your perspective as a former goalie, but um, you know, working with uh, younger kids, uh, you know, being drafted, being an agent, stuff like that. What do you What do you see the good and what also needs to improve so far? Uh, Thirty games hey, in the season. And Eddie, nobody can. I don't think there's anybody else. Else out there that can 
sum up what's going on with the Wings now to back how they were 35 years ago when you were goalie and they were going through the same thing. So what parallels do you see? Well, you know, first of all, you know, we got to, as, as a unit and as, as fans of Detroit, we got to stop laying off the coach. I mean, Brash is a good guy. He's a good coach, but we got to remember, we don't have the talent that was prevalent with D-Mac there and his group. And it takes a while to get these kids, uh, you know, playing. We, we were playing there for a while at the beginning of the year. I think there has to be a change. There has to be a change in culture. And that's why we rely on Stevie Eiserman to come in there and, you know, hopefully you know, go out there and compete. The only thing I can say is that poor goaltenders. <laughs> it's not really their fault, and it's not the team. But once you get in a losing mode, which we were in 85-86, which uh, it was probably the worst season that Detroit's had in their history. We only ended up with 41 points. I saw a lot of rubber that, that time, but more importantly is you can't quit. You just got to get that first win. I don't know how to do that right now with this team. Once you start losing and it's bred in your head, you know, so does that mean a coaching change? I don't know. Something has to change to change this perception that you go out and how much are we going to lose by tonight? I was going to say. that has to change, number one. That, that philosophy and that perception and that mindset has to change. That's what has to change first. Goaltenders can do what they have to do, stand on their head, but it has to be a team effort. It's almost like DMAC, and you'll back me on this. Go out and everybody get drunk and be together and say, screw it, let's go out and have fun. That's called playing guilty, Ed. That's old school. <laughs> playing guilty. Maybe say allegedly you got you you get into Buffalo and they got those great wings and you just decide to sit at the bar. This is just allegedly. And you sit at the bar all night until <laughs> four a.m. because it's New York and you go out the next day and shit kick them six one. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, so that's the I, thing. I, it just takes something like that, and you know. You, in your era, Matt, you did it, and I know certainly not in well, my era, whether I was with uh, uh, the Red Wings, Rangers, or Edmonton, we all did that when adversity was ahead of us, and it's all about getting together and playing for your partner, well, that, and that means your teammates. That's and it. That has to change. But that's better, right? Well, that's a little bit different than the slump buster. Right, because because that that's the that the boozer is different than the slump buster, which means you know the old uh, two at ten, ten at two, right? Because that's right. Uh, that's the old proverbial uh, break the slump. You you taught me that one, Eddie. Um, anyways, hey, I got a treat for you. I don't know if you saw this or not, but I'm gonna pull up this clip. Did you see the Peter Morazic Joe Thornton thing? From last oh, yeah. night. From last yeah. night. Here, I'm going to bring it up for, and play it for my audience to see it. But uh, for everybody out there, Peter Mrazek stuck Joe Thornton, and Joe Thornton <laughs> gave him a right cross right across the chops. Look at that Gandalf beard. <laughs> well, Joe Thornton didn't to be messed around with. Now, no, I was thinking real. about who, who, since I have you on the phone. Now, back in the day, the goalies in your era never got involved or anything. Or do you have one story of maybe you, you might have got into a little fisticuff yeah. or you, you were on the receiving end? Or, or and he was pretty brawls. calm, I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I had seven fights, Matt. Seven I fights. Had seven fights. That's more than the entire but, roster. What's what's your record? What's your record? <laughs> That's more uh, than everybody think, in the 
t- entire roster this year at the end of the end of the season. <laughs> I, I think I had four wins and three draws. Uh, but the one that's the, that's the most prevalent because we were written up written up in Sports Illustrated about when the violence in hockey, the brawls, and it was against the Maple Leafs. And again, it was in a bad era, 85, 86, when uh, I was on the bench and Mark LaFlores was playing and Brad Park was our coach. And we were getting beat 6-1 to one, and something happened behind the net, the uh, Maple Leaf net. And Park looks at me and said, go. <laughs> I said, well, let's, go, let's go. So I jumped the bench, and then Proby follows me. And I think Joey was already out there. I'm not sure. But, anyways, it was a brawl. Was that the and one when Proby had butted Miguel? What's that? Was that when Proby had butted Miguel? Yeah. Yeah. And it was. Uh, and that Sports Illustrated uh, picture was. <laughs> I think I still got it somewhere. I'll have to show it to one day. But you got Ron Dugay behind the net strangling some guy. You got Toby <laughs> in the corner with McGill. I'm in front punching out a guy, but Claude Lozell happened to come in, so we were two on warning him when, when I figured it out. And I said, okay, I got to move and find somebody else. And I turned, and I looked, and here comes this guy coming down, throwing his gloves off. So I wasn't going to ask him, uh, are you going to throw at me or not? So I landed one on him. Hit him about six times, and then uh, found out after the game. I got thrown out. Proby got thrown out. Malene Lambert got thrown out. And I found out after the game, it was the kid's first game. He had just defected from uh, Czechoslovakia. He was only 18 years old, <laughs> and he was in a Chuck's brother. Oh, <laughs> way to go. Oh, way to go. Uh, be, be I not... felt bad, but uh, I remember some guy said You me, didn't feel that bad. No, I didn't, didn't feel bad. bad. <laughs> and he just, what are you doing? Don't be out there with gunplay. Yeah. You know, it's a man's league. It's a good thing you would have spent well, I, the rest I, I, of your life. I, I felt that, but I mean, at the same time, I wasn't going to let him hit me. He, he was coming out, taking his gloves off, so I figured he wasn't a, he wasn't a friend. He was a foe. Well, I, but, I uh, didn't know those Euros knew how to drop their gloves. Oh, so wait I mean. a minute. Mac, 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 <laughs> Mac, Mac. You can't say Euros. So, Eddie, no, you, Euros is a dollar, Eddie you remember 10 years ago my brother got suspended by the OHL? For calling a couple guys yep. Euros. And then two years later, they're calling the Sundin twins Euro twins. But Mike got suspended right. for calling Euros Euros back 10 years ago in the OHL. Oh, That's what I'm wow. saying. You got to watch, money, you gotta watch, you gotta watch everything you say. You really you're so much different now. Isn't you this really 2009? I mean, Brad Park's not a backup goalie. Listen, Euros <laughs> is money, man. I was just saying, you're money, baby. You're money. <laughs> All right, Eddie Mio, you can catch him tonight in between the pipes for the first. How long are you playing tonight, Eddie? I'm like, playing the first period. Uh, for the whole 25 oh, yeah. Carter, running he's time. Swag. <laughs> he's he's got to earn a swag. <laughs> Anybody who wants to check I'm out I'm looking today. forward to seeing you guys tonight. Uh, good show, back. Good All right. show. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks for joining Thanks, me as Eddie. always, brother. Love you. <laughs> uh, we will see, see you tonight. Eddie Meal between the, between the pipes tonight, 7. I'm saying, no, my thing said 7 o'clock, so I'm saying 7 o'clock, <laughs> and if you're early, get a hot chalk. The Dearborn Skating Club uh, alumni versus uh, the Carhartt. Anyways, um, for anybody out there who cares, uh, the Wings play Saturday at home against Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, Tuesday in Winnipeg, and Thursday here against the Jets. So, good luck to them all. Um, hey, I don't know what you guys got going on tomorrow. But uh, the Michigan Sneaker Exchange, our good friends Juan Neal, Jake Schreier, 
and Julian Evans Means on labels and logos and loose cannon flagship are going to be hosting the Michigan Sneaker Exchange at the TCF Kobo Center on December 7th. That is tomorrow. I that will be is there. tomorrow. Nick will be there. Ethan, Absolutely. Be there? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be there. Oh, yet. oh, wait. You have family issues. I forgot. Yeah, I, Vendors yeah. from around the state will be in attendance swapping sneakers and showing off the latest trends in fashion. If you're a sneakerhead, you don't want to miss this. December 7th, that is tomorrow, Saturday, noon to 6 at the TCF Kobo Center. That is downtown, you know, Kobo Hall next to the. Torn down, Joe. $20 admission online and at the door. See TCF Center for tickets and tables. Visit michigansneakerexchange.com. Thanks to our friends Juan, Jake, and Julian. Absolutely. So, um, let's, uh, yeah, let's talk some football, boys. I want to I want to get into a uh, little bit of college, uh, what's going on, because we're getting into, this is the uh, meat and potatoes Point of the season, not around here, but for any of you college football fans, uh, it's uh, championship. What do they call it? Championship uh, cha- weekend. Championship weekend, <laughs> yes, and, and it's, it's a bunch of garbage. But a it, bunch it, of rematches. Uh, <laughs> it is. It is. But do any of these games intrigue well, you guys? Well, sure. LSU, Georgia. Yeah, definitely. I have a lot of implications yeah. there. Uh, Oklahoma, Baylor, a lot of implications there. Utah, Oregon. Utah, has, Oregon has implications. I think that's yeah. the biggest game as far as implications because sure. if you look at the way that the standings are set up with Utah being fifth right now, mm-hmm. it's it's planned that Georgia gets beat by LSU. They slide out. Utah beats Oregon, which is going to be a tough game. Uh, I don't yeah. think the Ducks go down quietly, but no. Well, and LSU hasn't played Georgia this year, right? So I mean, if Georgia beats LSU. Utah beats Oregon. If Virginia gives Clemson trouble, it's going to it's going to get flipped. Yeah, it's going to be a whole um, for sure. Uh, Now, my question (laughs) is to you guys, right? Because Michigan and Michigan State just you know they stuck this year, and the interest around here does it still do? Are you a fan of of college football enough that you're still intrigued, or is it more of a what you do? Well, I'm intrigued, but I'm a Buckeye. But you're an Ohio State I, I'm fan. I'm a Buckeye. Yeah, no, we I don't. a Buckeye fan. No, no, so you should be. So yeah, yeah. so I'm not talking to you. So okay. I am definitely. No, no, I mean, I'm talking to you. I, I don't. I, yeah, I like uh, that you like champions and winners. I, it's, I'm not talking to you because mm-hmm. because you're an Ohio State fan. I'm not talking to you because it doesn't well, mean it's, it's to you. It's not relevant to you. Yes, it's that's what I mean. You're okay. my friend, Ethan, and I love the fact that you yeah. love winners. Um, but no, I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued. I Do you uh, have a. Do you have a. A dog in the fight? Yeah. No, but my dog in the fight is my love of football. Right. You know, just because my team's So do you have a, like for right now, if I, if I looked at it, because usually about this this time of year when, when it comes down to crunch time where it sort of matters, like I'm looking at Joe Burrows and LSU. I like, oh, Yo, I, yeah. I like Eddie Yeah. There's a way that you come to the dream from the time. Yeah, Coach Bergeron. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love him and, and the it's way It's the best. Is. That's my best friend, Yod Backen, right there. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Um, but no, I mean, I definitely am. I I think, you know, especially, okay, so last uh, episode, we were lucky enough to have Dan Wetzel oh, uh, of Yahoo Sports, Sports on. Yeah. Absolutely great writer. Awesome. Uh, his 18 playoff was actually on PTI that night. Was it uh, really? Tony mm-hmm. and, and Michael were talking about it. Yeah. And it's really intriguing. You know, it would open up, uh, you know, it would bring Memphis into the mix. Um, so I think the interest is only going to be peaked with bringing new things, uh, you know, into college football. It's going to be blown up in a couple of years. I think bringing the four, getting rid of the BCS was incredibly smart. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is just such a better format. Again, 
it being a couple of matchup your rematchups, like I said, is uh you know nobody can really plan for that. But, you know what I mean? Like right, it wasn't but, really expected. But here's the thing, because here's where I question, and I like. Are you a fan of the eight team? I am very much. Are you a fan, Ethan? I'm a I'm a fan of it, but there would need to be some committee changes because Agreed. you're going to run into issues where like four or five people won't be able to vote. Right, right. So, exactly. so that's a logistical right. change, but yeah. you're, changes, but the but process, yeah. if it's done right, you're. Eight, eight teams, eight teams is the way. Eight teams is the way. The process, yeah. but one thing that Dan said that I don't agree with is he says do away with championship games. But for conferences that have no dog in an eight-team playoff, like the MAC most years, and like uh, the Sun Belt and certain right. conferences, that conference championship game means something right. to those t- to those schools. So, so I believe that right. there's caveats in there. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a, a cut and dry, a black and white. But what intrigues me about it goes to the intriguing part of what we always say in the NFL, right? When Bill Belichick gets a second crack at somebody or seeing, mm-hmm. you know, the, the interesting part is when New England plays Baltimore again. How, yeah, without sure. of anybody, like, yeah. you know, we expect, we talked about it last week when with Baltimore and, and 49ers, right? Were yep. they going to solve them? Was it going to, you know, be this? But in the back of our minds, it's when Belichick gets the second look at you, how you really stand now the now in saying that you can't go with the offense of what Brady does but it's about the defense can they still mm-hmm. do the same things right in the 18 playoff you would have more like you said maybe rematches but you would see who are the better coaches mm-hmm. who who are the better um, making the adjustments more on that level and I think that Especially players too, yeah. you get more of a when you have that eight team, you got more shine you do. on some of the guys. You do to know what you want. Does like it? that, I'm going to use this as a example, and it's not. It's just because we took Hawkinson eighth overall. Now let's just say no, no but it, forget the fact that it's that. But the tight end we take at eight mm-hmm. overall, if he's in an eight team playoff, or you see him in an extra game, or you see something that maybe you find something more you like and more you don't like. I like it. No, and, I totally get you. Right. So, so yeah, to me, that to me, it plays out more of evolving the game, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what I what I like. You know, as as opposed to right. what I see in in mm-hmm. you know the, the concussion. Right. The sta- yeah. The stagnant. This is it because you have. Two of the four teams that always be there, the numbers is going to bitch, and yeah, oh yeah, it's well, easier to go, bi- it's easier to bitch the team that's ninth <laughs> than it is that's fifth. Yeah. If you go eight teams, also, will there be more players that college players that stay and commit to play to that final game instead yeah, of skipping the bowls? Well, because if, a lot more if you're just down the four, right, exactly. If you're if down the are. four, that's four right. teams less that. And let's you know, let's, elite programs, you would think that yeah. these guys are the ones want to get mm-hmm. looked at. Right, and let's not kid ourselves. This is about money. It right. Is. This Absolutely. is about TV rights. This is about follow the money, Nick. getting the university. Always follow money. the money. Exactly. Always. And now that you know, actual discussion is being brought to the table about uh, you know, players' likeness actually getting paid. You know, what I mean, this only gives more opportunity for more money, more sponsorships. Uh, I mean, it's just a win-win for everybody. And again, like like Ethan said, a few <laughs> things need to be logistically changed for sure, but. It's a it's a step in the right direction in my opinion. Well, for sure. and when it comes to the money, this is where you run into the the issue now. But it could also be an issue with the eighteen playoff. Is certain New York New Year Six games are designated to certain conferences. Mm-hmm. All you, could be changed. The, the with minute a, you make this one line the, of the minute you make this eighteen playoff, 
let's say you have three schools from the Big Ten or three schools from the ACC, mm-hmm. and then maybe you have one, or SEC, and you have one from the ACC. Um, you're taking money away from a conference who may be saying, we, we are against it because the opportunity for us to make the money that we need to be making. Well, there's got to be. Sport, I think but, what there's got to be. Gotta, better. Just but, be better. But here, no, no, but I think what's going to happen to say that is there's, it's the whole thing is like doing a, say, in a poker tournament, right? You have the prize and then there's, mm-hmm. you peel off, everybody gets. Yeah, so you so if you break off. a little bit off that, that you're guaranteed, here's yeah. your guarantee, mm-hmm. no matter if you don't make it or whatever, right. here's something. So when you say follow the money, there's always, Ways to do it with smart people that are doing it. Absolutely so it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, obviously this weekend to watch uh, college football and talk next week to see where everything's laid out. Um, hey, locally, Mac, uh, the one interest I have. Yeah. Fire up chips. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what. I'm I'm, I'm I'm always a Michigan guy. Yeah. I don't I don't have a dog in any race. Never went to any of those colleges. So if state has a good program, I'll follow them. Wolf have uh, Michigan. I'll follow them. Mm-hmm. Central, Eastern, Western. Yeah. You know. No, I'm a Michigan guy too. I I definitely want uh, you know the best for our state again because it brings money. You Absolutely. know, it brings yeah. money to the university. Mm-hmm. It brings recognition to the players that don't get seen that. And often. what a turnaround! Yeah. I know, but listen, like. Michigan's program is is never going to be it's not dropping a notch. You know what I mean? It's always right, going to be upper right. echelon. It's always mm-hmm. going to have the, you know, especially because of the academics. You know, the academics are incredible there. But Michigan State, like, there just needs a whole new revamp of that whole program. You know, unfortunately, and it, it, Mike, no, Mike's got to take his, his big happen. smile yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. You're right. So, um, yeah. So that we'll leave it. We'll leave the uh, college football on uh, fire up chips. Uh, good luck tomorrow noon. Uh, let's see. Anybody wants to catch it? ESPN two tomorrow. Uh, at noon. So uh, last night, Pistons uh, lost to Milwaukee at home. A little chippy affair. Saw Real some. Chippy, uh, yeah. I, uh, this was actually. Giannis uh, and Blake yeah, a little step don't over. like. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't like each other a little bit. But again. Well, that's because Giannis yeah. wants to date a Kardashian, well. and he can't yet. He's not that cool yet. And uh, he's gonna be that cool. He's gonna be. He's that gonna cool, be that. Man. Come on, man. That he's like a little Shaq, man. He's he insane. Is, I know. He's just a little thinner Shaq. He, he is. Well, but the interesting thing is, not only was it the step over, but he went like one huge step further. And after the game, called the Detroit Pistons one of the most dirty teams. In the oh, NBA, all right, I like it. All right, um, yeah. I'm sorry, but comparing the the piss the, this current team to past Piston teams, oh, and yeah, no, the ferociousness, the aggressiveness, this team is like little puppy dogs yeah, compared sure. to the O4 again, the guys. Boys. Again, 2019. Different times. I know. It's different, I know. Times. different times. I mean. Wow. Sad, honestly. I mean, it's, a guy like... It's, uh, I'll tell you this. I, I, I got my head down watching hockey. My wife, right, who, mm-hmm. who has had to learn the game or whatever, but I'm I'm on my phone or I'm doing something. She's like, fight, fight. And I look up, and there's guys pushing and shoving. And I turn around, and I <laughs> never waste my time <laughs> like that anymore. That is not a fight. No, it's right. cute. Uh, That's cute. It um, is. That's not cute. Different That's times. the problem. No, it's, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, it's just different times. But it, but it goes to the whole conversation of, of, of this show. 
with with what we're talking about with the Babcock and and talking about coaching and talking about it, it comes down to to, to respect and yeah. you know a lot of things too though on the court is different than off the court because that's that's the the playing field. So um, any of you NCAA fans, uh, Michigan Wolverine, um, Kentucky Wildcats are going to play the next three years, including yeah. a matchup next year in London. Talk about which, big payday, which should be which would be good. So yeah, again, yeah. to your point, you know the the, the university is going to figure it out. They're going to be all right. Yeah, they're no, going to be all right. No, well, uh, call it, or uh, NFL this weekend. Any, any of those games you guys got your eyeballs on? Oh yeah, yeah, there's a couple yeah. good yeah. matchups. There's a couple there's real big matchups. Big e, e, what do you like? And, and there's a matchup that I'm only watching to see how the team reacts, and that's Carolina Atlanta. Yeah. Because Ooh. with the firing of Ron Rivera earlier this week, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the players react. Um, because Ron Rivera is a good coach. No, he'll be back next year. Oh yeah, he's either he's a job he'll, next he'll year. It's one of those things 100%. that it felt like that that your tenure lasted. You know, your message it's and a new ran owner. out and a new owner. Yeah, him and Cam are sort of. But that's one of those things is that you, it's a changing of the tides. That's all. It's just a. We're going to San Diego. Yeah, it's oh, just oh. a shocking move, though. I think that they first of all fired him with four weeks to go. But that they fired him. Period. He is one of the more well-known, highly regarded coaches. But, but but Ethan, here's the whole thing: is exactly what we don't have here in Detroit True. is what you got there is ownership going. Hey, yeah, I know you're great, and it was yeah. awesome run and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you know, it's time we all make a change. And it's yeah. sort of, and I'm sure Ron Rivera and the respect, and if anybody's seen the articles that Cam Newton. Brought out, which to me was really cool, because I remember when I left Detroit, I put a newspaper article yep. out saying thank you to the fans. Yeah. Um, but he did that thanking Ron Rivera, so that goes to show Super you cool. beyond about. To me, that's about people and that's about growth. You can say what you want about Cam Newton, but you mm-hmm. know, it's it's all about, you know, tell me once and show me twice is what you're seeing. Um, you know, the big one of two ten and two teams, San Fran at New New Orleans. And I'm looking at that and New Orleans minus two and a half, obviously in the dome. You know, that's 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 a Vegas line right there for sure. But when that's I look at Drew, when I look yeah. at those games, what I watch in those games not only is the competition, but you look at how well they're coached. And you look at how well they play in the system and you look at how well they don't do stupid timeouts and they know how to clock manage <laughs> and they have yeah. a plan whether what they're doing uh, at any side of the ball. So when you want to get better, you got to look to see who's better. The you know Baltimore in Buffalo, that's that's a big that's game. That's always, a big yeah, AFC game. That's a bruiser, yeah. and that's always intriguing in Buffalo because I don't know what the weather report is. Oh God, it could be, but it, it, it could be, and 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 I like that. I like watching. <laughs> I like watching them <laughs> yeah, suffer. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. They're making so much money. There, it's fun to watch them actually pay for it a little bit. But uh, Lamar. In bad weather last week, you know, had that fumble. Um, I, the other game yeah. I'm super intrigued with the AFC, uh, Kansas City, New England, real big game, playing for you know that buy, uh, first round buy, excuse me. Also, big NFC matchup. Uh, Los Angeles is fighting for their lives. Yeah, uh, one done. more loss is they're done. Yeah, they're, they're, no, they're, they're done. the Rams. They're done. So, they're they're yeah. done now. The Rams are done. Okay. Unless Minnesota. And that defense completely just collapses over these next four weeks. Look at the Lions. There, there's no them. way Los Angeles is is going to miss out. You know how I want to. You know how make it in. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. What yeah. You mean. Here's how I want to tie this up, right? Because and you look at because I'm going to go down to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. okay. And I'm and we're talking about coaching and we're talking about <laughs> different th- with everything. Let's break this down a little bit because at seven and five, they're on their third string quarterback. Yeah. Duck Hodges. Right. 
Um, third string quarterback with the Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, all that last year. Yeah. Um, no all GG that turmoil, all the way that Mike Tomlin, you know, Mike Tomlin, he stands there and, and he, he believes what he says in Stoke. But what the bottom line, what it has proven to me is that that's what that if you're seeing the epitome of a team that plays for their coach that has fired through or believed because you don't. You got every reason to shut it down. 100%. You got every reason to mail it in. You got every reason to uh, whine and complain. But they just go out and do the job. And you don't. I didn't expect it to sustain. I thought it was more of a Mike Tomlin problem than it was an Antonio Brown relate. You know, where, where yeah. now we see that in hindsight, in hindsight, uh, in hindsight yeah, you see it wasn't. Sure. You know, Maybe if there was a way they could have kept Bell, Le'Veon Bell problem. If they would have got, well, I don't think it was as much Le'Veon Bell as it was, it was Brown. Antonio. Antonio. Yeah, yeah. Right. We if thought they, it was Le'Veon fully. Absolutely, one hundred percent. But it really, and I think that really. Goes to show you, but it reiterates. We're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers have had how many coaches in their history? Three, three, like three. Yeah. So it goes to culture, which means that hey, we're in a we're in a time here, but we're gonna figure it out, and we're gonna figure it out together. And that's the teamwork. And we're talking any sport today. We're talking about what happened to Babcock. We're talking about Peters. We're talking about hockey. We're talking about basketball, any football, Mm -hmm. any sport. Right? It's all about the people and the commitment to each other. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, they are the most, to me, Mike Tomlin, that the deserves right now. Um, coach of the coach year. Coach of the year. I'm yeah. right there with you. Right? Mm-hmm. But, it's, but it tells me more of him as a person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Respect. And and it reiter- yeah. reiterates the respect that yeah. the players have for that coach. So yeah. when I look through, that's one of the things that I encourage people. When you're looking at a team or whatever, do the mm-hmm. players respect their coach? Eddie brought it up about Jeff Blaschel. Jeff Blaschel may sound like Mike Babcock, and that's the only thing about him. <laughs> yeah, that, <that's laughs> that is the same right. other than than his preparation. Now, mm-hmm. I think he's the right guy, but, uh, but Jeff Blaschel to continue to do it, and I think Steve Eisenman does too. Absolutely. That's why he's going to stay there. I'm well, so guys, glad Stevie Wise back. Well, well, uh, and and then you got a you got an absolute crappy Monday Night Football game. Oh, <laughs> I know. We didn't even bring it up. No, we didn't bring it up. And there's uh, no reason to. Well, thank you, uh, Perry. There's your first uh, taste test. This was a lot the, of fun, uh, boys. Thank you, Nick. Talking sports, uh, Nick. Always boys, a pleasure. Man, it was an honor. Thank you so much, Ethan. Uh, and uh, good luck. You have some family things yeah, uh, with no. your family. Sorry about your uh, uncle passing. And uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, in the background making this all work we appreciate you calling the hole we're gonna get you working there soon buddy but from everybody here at nrm and from as and friends on this friday dmac grind time with darren mccarty takeover this darren mccarty thanks for joining us it's grind time we're out